Good morning, fellow local government enthusiasts. You are listening to another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond. Today we're going to be talking with Danny Gomez of Stay RVA. Stick with us to find out what it's all about. Richmond City is many things. It is the current capital and fourth most populous city in Virginia. It is a city full of breweries, art, tattoo shops, and restaurants. For some people, Richmond is a shining example of a growing city on the cusp of a breakthrough. Unfortunately, that is not the Richmond everyone experiences. With a population of 223,170 residents, the former capital of the Confederacy is surprisingly diverse, with 50% of the population being black, 40% white, 5% Asian, and 6% Hispanic. The median household income is $41,187 with a poverty rate of 25.4%. But unlike the tale of two Richmonds, the story of Richmond Public Schools is very different. RPS serves just under 25,000 students and 75% of the population is black, 13% is Hispanic, and 9% is white. With over 75% of RPS students qualifying for free and reduced lunch, RPS ranks second in the state for percentage of students in poverty. So how did this happen? Why are our schools not reflective of our greater diverse city? This didn't happen overnight. This happened as a progression over time from the days of slavery through the era of civil rights and school integration to white flight and into the present day. Richmond is a shining example for how historic education policy and intentional racism collided to result in a segregated school system. But Let's be clear, this isn't just an issue of race. These are complex issues of racial and socioeconomic diversity and more. However, like many cities in the United States, in Richmond, race and economic opportunity converge to the point where wealthy can be used as a synonym for white and poverty can be a synonym for minority. And now, in 2018, we have a largely segregated school system that is challenged in a long list of ways. There are many reasons why parents avoid Richmond public schools, including accreditation and safety but the underlying theme is every parent wants the best for their child. There are studies with research that show racially and economically diverse schools are extremely beneficial to children. However, there is looming fear among parents. How do we step away from this fear and encourage people to send their kids to RPS in the face of disconcerting headlines? That is the question local organization Stay RVA sets out to answer. This week on Municipal Mania, we had the opportunity to talk with Danny Gomez, one of the board members of Stay RVA, about segregation in RPS and what their organization is doing to fight it. Thank you for joining us today on the show, Danny. Thanks for having me. All right. So if you could take a minute to just introduce yourself and what you do in Richmond. Sure. Um, So I am a parent of one RPS child and uh, three children in total. Um, I am one of the founding members of Stay RVA, which is uh, an organization here in Richmond that's focused around building the community support um, for Richmond Public Schools. As far as what I do here for work, I actually don't uh, work here in the city. Um, I work for a company up in D.C., but I'm working here out of my house most of the time. Um, for those who can't see me, I'm a Hispanic um, Hispanic heritage, uh, born and raised in Texas. Um, I think I was lucky, lucky to be raised in a pretty privileged house, um, but um, have a lot of exposure to a lot of different cultures and ethnicities and even some, you know, a wide range of socioeconomic um, classes. And so my upbringing, um, you know, I kind of described to my wife, I was kind of brought up with blinders on um, and got to Richmond. I kind of experienced Richmond for the first time in 2001 um, and realized that it was a different place than when I was used to growing up. And um, it's interesting now, even today, I have conversations with some of my friends and they're like, this isn't an issue, right? Like they, they don't get it that, they don't get that, you know, that it's not all like it was where we grew up. Um, And 
It's been interesting. So we, you know, first experience in 2001, we decided to move from Texas in 2008 up to the East Coast. Um, and at the time, I wouldn't even give Richmond a consideration just from my experience here. Um, so we did D.C. We started to raise kids up there. We really loved it up there. Um, and then um, once we started having a family, we realized how expensive D.C. is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, we had noticed in, in Richmond probably around 2011, I felt like just visiting here, things had started to change. Um, and I'm not sure what it was. I can't put my finger on it, and I wasn't here every day. But it just seemed like there was something, I don't know, something bubbling um, beneath the surface. And we moved here in 2014. We were really happy with the choice. And, you know, as we started to inch towards having to be involved in schools, um, we started to learn more and more what was going on in RPS. Um, since we've launched Stairvier a year ago, we've been just, we really just kind of threw ourselves in the deep end. Um, the thought was when we launched Stairvier was to kind of inch our way in, create some sort of template in the small tract of schools that we, um, that my wife and I were a part of. Um, but as we, as she really got out talking to folks, um, we were, you know, we got pulled in a bunch of different directions, um, thankfully, and hooked up with a lot of different people who were already doing a bunch of great work. And so we're here now. Um, we have one school again in, in RPS. Uh, in, elementary school so she'll be a first grader next year Yay. um yeah and um and happy father's day i'd be remiss oh, to say you. that yeah. father's, father's day. day thank you yeah so it's been awesome and we're my my experience and you know i think just me being here to represent us as an organization but i have a unique perspective in that um i'm probably what not the most likely candidate to be in the chair that i'm in in terms of you know trying to bring about change it just wasn't really in my dna um, so I credit my wife a lot for, you know, pulling me and pushing our organization and exposing our kids to a lot of stuff that I didn't really think we had to. Um, and so um, just, um, you know, trying now to figure out as we've learned more about RPS and just the other problems that are happening within the city or that you can, you know, you can see signs of the history of, of what went on, how we help um, in a, in a larger sense of the word, right? It's it's not just about communities wrapping their arms around schools. It's about communities recognizing the history of the, the schools and RPS and the city as a whole and understanding where they fit in the process of repairing the school system. When we say repairing the school system, you know, with stay RVA and we can look and see like the demographics in Richmond yep. and we can see we have a very diverse city. The school system, unfortunately, is not so diverse. Mm -hmm. So can we talk first of all, like, what do you perceive the issue really is in Richmond as far as is, is it a segregation, people leaving, those kind of things of how do we get to a place where our schools do reflect all of our communities yeah. across the city? Yeah. And I mean, for. I'm no expert in Richmond history, uh, but just in talking to having a bunch of conversations and um, trying to, to learn as much as I can as I go along, um, it seems to be a poster child for integration, right? It was, um, I was just yesterday at TJ High School working with the TJ Vikings, which is a group of alumni who, who are helping, you know, make that facility better. Um, and so I was hanging whiteboards with, I think it was class of 70 or 60, late 60s, early 70s. Wow. Um, older white male, um, great gentleman when he was there. I was like, what were the demographics? He said, oh, yeah, it's all white. Mm -hmm. um, and then I asked him, I was like, when did the demographics change? He's like, yeah, it was sometime after I graduated. But there is that, right, where TJ was an all-white school, and then they started busing in, and then, you know, pretty much over overnight, so to speak, um, private school systems got built up and people started to leave. So 
I think it seems like the, you know, the sequence was white people leave and then um, black people of means leave and then the people who are left behind are people who don't have the option to leave. And then so, unfortunately, the whole entire system just um, starts to get neglected. And then, you know, people, we find ourselves in, you know, we are an apolitical organization, uh, I'll say up front, so we don't try to get too deep into politics, but, um, you know, just talking you know, about the meals tax and, and, you know, cigarette taxes and you know, trying to raise money for facilities, um, it's hard for people to understand why we're doing that, which seems kind of strange, right? Like, you know, we paid our taxes and, you know, we were here and we, you know, our property taxes are high for being in the city and we've put all this money into RPS. It's, it's not what it's all about. You know, we can see schools, you know, really great facilities in, in, um, in RPS. It's, it's really about community and that's kind of where STRVA feels like we want to gain the focus around is the, the community turned their back on the Richmond public school system. And they're now being forced to look at it, say like, oh man, we really don't like what we see. The hard part is when people say that, or even, or even that they're not saying, they're not even looking at it, right? They're just saying, okay, well, we paid our taxes. We have never been into an RPS school. We don't know the situation and we're gonna vote this down. Um, so we're not, we're not trying to take a position on those types of things, but we do, what we're trying to encourage is people to get into the schools. And if you read the, you know, the article that, um, that we talk about today, the husband mentions how he was super against sending his kid there um, and then he steps foot in the school. Mm-hmm. And after he stepped foot in the school, he was like, man, I feel really bad that I had a, come to all these conclusions and hadn't really had a, a, you know, a personal experience with the schools. And one of the things that Stay RVA does is tries to put a lot of focus on that. So we do these things called Stay Days. Um, stay Days are um, community events where we try to get people into the schools. It's a lot of things. It's showing the schools that the community cares about them. It's showing teachers and the staff that, the, that, that they have a community around them that will support them. It's getting people, um, hopefully of like mind, around the school. Some of them may be, have kids at the schools. A lot of them don't. Um, a lot of them are thinking about what they're going to do, and they start to have these conversations. And, you know, we have a friend of ours who went to Stay Day. Um, they've been really supportive. And I think their inclination, you know, coming into parenting is to continue the trend of sending their kids to private schools. And, you know, I don't know what they'll do at the end of the day, but I do know that after their first time in the school, they came to us and, or my wife talking um, to the other uh, mom wife, um, that they were really hardly considering their options at this point, which is a great win for us as an organization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We've started, and we I, I talk about this a lot, you know, I, I in my mind, I envision the body language of the community where um, I've always been told if someone has their shoulders turned to you in a conversation, they're just not interested in talking to you. And that the community themselves have have turned their shoulder and even their back on on RPS. And so I think our job as STRVA is to start to square them off a bit, at least to start to open, you know, to turn their shoulders back. Um, you know, we, we fully support people's decisions to send kids to private school or whatever they want to do. There's a lot of various reasons why you would do that. But we feel like schools in our backyard, if, if they're not schools that we're willing to send our own kids to, that's in our mind, you know, we need to do something about that. And whether or not we, at the end of the day, we choose our, to send our kids there, that's a different story. But we can't have these public schools that are underserved and under-resourced. And so Stay RVA is really fo- trying to focus on getting 
um, getting the community back involved. So it sounds a lot like, you know, getting the community involved and giving Richmond Public Schools a chance yeah. instead of just automatically writing it off as when I when I moved into the city, I, I bought a house. And one of the first things somebody said to me was, what if you want to have kids? Mm. You're going to have to sell your house. Mm. I don't that's even have crazy. kids. Yeah. It's not a consideration right now. But that's immediately the first thought that comes to people's mind is like, mm-hmm. but how are you going to get out? Yeah. And that's just not a great way, I think, to look at no, anything because you're not going to help you're not going to get involved as a community right you're not you have a very short timeline for which you're going to be here and yeah. so you're, you're already, already devaluing thinking, it yeah if you're already thinking about leaving then are you going to do anything um to help to help better it and so there's a lot of different issues too around the city you know for us our areas i think it's easy right we've got um some really great public schools um, in our area, we've got um, a lot of momentum around those schools. Um, and then there's other parts of the city where there's the, the issues are just different, right? So um, we live on the near West End side of town, and so we're zoned for, for Mumford. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually going to be sending um, Isabella, who did her first year at Mumford, and Mumford is an amazing school with tons of resources. Um, she's going to be going to Cary next year for first grade. Um, yeah, so we're super excited about that. You know, it's interesting in reading that article um, – which, and so first of all, if we can just jump in to tell yeah. everybody what article it is. Yeah. So it's called Choosing a School for My Daughter in a Segregated City, and it's from 2016. It's in New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, Fran, if you want to talk quickly, just give a quick summary of it before we dive into it. Yeah, so it's it's a mixture of um, – it's long, you guys, so yeah. pr- strap in. But it's it's a really good article, and, and the basic – um, premise is understanding there's a set of parents and they're trying to figure out as they've moved into Bedsty where they're going to send their child to school. And the discussion is really centered around what happens to the public school system when affluent families of color, in addition to affluent white families or white families in general, move away from these areas and the schools end up being devalued and defunded um, and just disregarded and you have affluent black families that also abandon these areas or choose to send their kids to private schools. And so the public schools end up really hurting and it really takes a a different spin on the advantage that sending your child from an affluent black family to a public school and, and what that does for the demographic of that school, but also the experience of that school for the other students around it. Um, And so by understanding that, it's almost as if, you know, take the chance to send your child to a public school because you stand the chance as a family and as a and and your child as well as creating a better environment for that school to affect change within that community instead of choosing to take your child and your money and sending them to a private institution of your choosing or a charter school or the counties. Or yeah, the county. Yeah, we're moving to the county. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, like I said, my wife is credited for pulling me in directions that I don't wouldn't have gone uh, mm-hmm. myself otherwise. And in reading the article, so if you don't know who Hannah Nicole Jones is, she's amazing and you should read everything that she's ever written and listen to every podcast that she's ever done, um, especially if you're interested in understanding um, what it what what's happening in public schools, if you want to understand the history about um, segregation and what it's done to us. I think part of um, part of what I've learned in the last year, what I feel like my eyes have been opened, and right. And so, if, I don't know if you were to ask me a year ago what I thought racism meant. I think I probably would have thought, you know, very superficial um, speech type ra- racism, mm-hmm. 
deeper than that, you know, hate crimes, um, but not really understanding the the systematic um, racism that has taken place in America and how a lot of the things that we experience today are a byproduct of that. Enrichment public schools can also be seen in that. And, you know, and, and just in the way that this city has been planned out and how, um, you know, the different areas are, are set up and the, de- the, the demographics of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think once you can come to that realization, and, and it's different for people, right? You know, for me, maybe it's a little easier because, you know, um, of Hispanic background or whatever the case may be. But um, I think there's a couple different reactions as you start to get this information in. And one is, there's no way, like, I don't believe it. Um, and that's just a spectrum, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to, wow, oh my gosh, I, like, I can't believe I didn't know that. That's, that's terrible. And then you start, and if, if, depending on where you're on the spectrum, I think it's a, it's a different road that you, that you travel. Um, for me, um, it's been more shade to this side of, wow, I can't believe that. And then in talking to black friends and talking about their experiences and, you know, it's interesting in this, in the, in the political environment that we're in, you know, I think there's a lot of stats on how, um, I think just the two, the two sides, there's a lot of, um, the, the gap seems to be widening or, you know, you hear all, you hear that talk a lot that, you know, racism has gotten worse since, you know, since Obama or now it's gotten worse since Trump or, and I think it's just the fact that there's a lot more is coming to the surface and it's a lot to deal with and it's hard for people to understand how to digest that. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. And so we're trying to pull this all in and react to it and figure out how we can, um, how we can be, make it productive. And, you know, this past year for me has been a pretty eye-opening experience. And I think being in enrichment has probably helped accelerate that just because <laughs> uh, there, is, there is a lot here, right? You know, I have, I have a coworker who used to, who used to work here. And, uh, and he, um, when he found out I was moving to Richmond, he's like, really? Are you sure you want to go there? <laughs> oh, no. See, Richmond, see what you guys are doing? See? Um, so, you know, there is that history here, right, mm-hmm. that I think that we're all trying to um, to right that wrong, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're encouraged. I'm encouraged um, coming from Houston, you know, and having a different experience and seeing what's going on in the city. I think there's still a lot, um, a long way to go, but there's everyone's kind of moving in the right direction. I think it helps that Richmond is attracting a lot of people who aren't from Richmond because I think you have people with just different experiences who can say, hey, this isn't right. And we're, you know, we're not, we're not going to let that happen. Um, That's so important. And I think that's, we haven't talked about that yet. I don't think on, on any show, but the changing demographic and the fact that we have so many colleges here and there's such a large population of young people with open minds mm -hmm. and lots of energy. (laughs) Yeah. That makes a big difference to our just evolution as a city because Things don't just fly, you know, somebody's going to say something about it, you know, and I think it's different. You And you can tell from the response, regardless of what it is, whether it's protesting for, um, you know, Marcus that just happened or, you know, something. And, and something regardless super of what simple. It is. I mean, yeah. I think about how old was I? I grew up in Chesterfield County mm-hmm. and I could tell you that I was well into my 20s before I found out that. It is not normal for a city to have Confederate monuments <laughs> up and down yeah. a street. That is not a thing every city has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you grow up in a way where, you know, this is what's your condition to this is normal. And mm-hmm. you, until you start getting outside and the more people that come from the outside to say, like, you guys know. This is roast. It doesn't have to be this way. This is strange. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that's important. I think that's one of the things that Richmond, I wish that we would 
expand on and support even more because it really is the heartbeat of Richmond. Because if we have to depend on the people who've been here for ages and ages and ages that love it the way that it is and don't want to see it change, we're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, no, I agree. And I feel like that's, it seems like that's, I mean, we're on a lot of lists of great places to live. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're attracting some, you know, mm-hmm. some progressive and smart and um, you know, energetic people, like you were saying. So mm-hmm. it's been great, that, what I've experienced at least. Um Something I really took away from this article, especially in um, this is actually a lot shorter than the recommendation I'm about to give out there right now Uh-oh. is uh, there's a book called Five Miles Away in a World Apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's actually written about two schools that are in Richmond. One of them is Thomas Jefferson or TJ. The other is Douglas Freeman and Henrico, which are five miles away. The only thing separating them is a city county line. And it really details through how integration policy, which a lot of it is covered in this article from New York Times, and it, it, looking at how it really impacted Richmond and how we got here to where we are. And I think something that's very different um, that doesn't get touched on a lot is that we look at diversity in terms of racial diversity. Mm-hmm. And something that this is really talking about is not just racial diversity, it's expanding it into like socioeconomic diversity. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about having people of multiple races because this actually warns about, this article really warns the idea of how minority parents, especially lower income minority parents, can feel marginalized when you start having the white folk roll in mm-hmm. in a disproportionate number and being able to have a very balanced school in a number of different, different demographics. I thought was just something that really struck me in this article specifically. Yeah, you know, I had an experience with that too. We had a, we, we do these um, stair VA um, launch parties so we you know it's usually word of mouth people find out that we exist and are interested in our organization and then they invite us into their neighbor neighborhoods into their living rooms and then we have um conversations with them about who we are and we try to bring in local administrators to talk about the schools in the area um and we were one at at, we we did one at aj's at uh, brewer's cafe Mm -hmm. and um i was talking to somebody and kind of just going through this was early days and I, and I cringe to think about how I described Stair VA because I don't think I actually got it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, I start talking, he's shaking his head. I'm like, oh, great. He's like, nope, nope. And he wasn't, he wasn't being rude about it. He was just like, no, it's not it. He's like, there's, there's so much more. You know, it's not just about race. It's, it's about um, opportunities and socioeconomic um, classes and how it's, you know, it's also the, the the black families of means who are who are leaving RPS um, mm-hmm. and why are they doing that um, and what else can we do to provide jobs around the city for kids and opportunities and so it's just you know as we got in and I remember leaving that launch party and if you if you talked to Kim I don't think I talked for two hours I was just <laughs> my head was just spinning <laughs> and it, it was spinning in a way that wow I thought you know we had this organization and in my mind and I. You know, this was just my personal view of what we were doing. Um, I think the people on our leadership team um, are much more, were, were much further along in, in in their thought process than I was. And so for me, it was just a really eye-opening experience. It's like, wow, there is, it's not just about race. There's a lot of stuff going on here um, in trying to figure out, you know, where we fit into that picture. And it's overwhelming, right? You look at it and you're like, wow, there's a lot of things to, to mend here. Um, and we, you know, we feel like Stair VA, we feel like, my, one of our board members um, said it, I think, good. Um, he said, Richmond as a city just has a cap. There's a ceiling if we don't fix the public school system. 
like in terms of attracting people to come here, attracting people to bring businesses and work, mm -hmm. if the school system isn't thriving, there is just a cap on how successful we can be. And that really resonated with me. It's just like a very vi good visual too, right? Like, and so what we're, what we're tasked with is kind of what this article is all about, which is how do we convince, not even convince, convince is the wrong, wrong word. How do we encourage um, people to support the schools? And educate them on what their choice means. Exactly, because it's not, there's a lot of implication. Um, and I think the choice for them at the moment is I am disadvantaging my child. And I, if you don't mind, um, I can read something that I thought was interesting from this article and bridge it over to, I'm not sure if you all know who Thad Williamson is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And if you read his post. But mm -hmm. so the husband, or I, Hannah Nicole writes, um, are we experimenting with our child based on our idealism about public schools, he asks. Are we putting her at a disadvantage? So that's tough, right? Like that, I had that same question about sending um, leaving Mary Mumford, which is known to be a very heavy resource school, and going to Cary, which is less resourced. Um, and my wife, you know, did a lot to to bring me to understand the decision we're making. And so, you know, Thad wrote um, this the other day because I think his um, Sarah, his his daughter, is just leaving Cary. And so he writes, finally, we are grateful for all the lessons Sarah has taken. From all this, yes, to state the obvious, she is a white kid in a majority African-American school, a kid from an educationally privileged, economically secure household attending a school with a majority of children on free and reduced lunch. She hasn't lost out on a single opportunity to do anything to help her develop her gifts and talents that she may have had if we were in predominantly middle-class suburban school district. More importantly, she has gained a diverse network of friends whom she has learned with or learned from. She has learned to be comfortable and from human connection with all kinds of people, she has learned to see America through the eyes of another group. She has learned to hate racism with all her little heart. She has learned that life is unfair, but also that there are things you can and should do about that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us, that's that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where are we, why are we sending our kid there? That's that's it. If And, you know, we talked, we had a fan launch, and we, you know, I spoke to, it was a group of, um, a group of parents. Some of them had um, had kids in school, some of them didn't, and, you know, what we said is we feel like Richmond Public Schools is the best place in the city, um, in the greater Richmond area, for our kids to get um, exposure to different cultures, different socioeconomic classes, different races. Um, and we're super excited about sending our kids there. Mm -hmm. So we want to help to get people to start to support schools and at least, you know, um, get people in school so they can have an experience you know, just like from the article, the husband hadn't set foot in the school, and once he did, he was like, wow. Oh my God, Becky, you are listening to REA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond. talk about like what are the issues that people are afraid of with RPS I mean I can see it as things that I hear at least is that people are concerned about the performance and I think this does goes to any kind of school because you hear the themes in this article too mm -hmm. is they're concerned about the test scores um, the safety the health issues of the decrepit buildings and all these different things overcrowding just general I think and I when I think about it like 
how, how would I know any of these things aren't reality if I'm an outsider, for example, in my situation, a homeowner, unless I did go and get involved in right. something like that? Um, so are there specific things that like you would say to parents that are concerned about these items? You know, how do you start to dispel some of these rumors and myths? That's, you know, that's one of the things that we feel like is um, a challenge for us and that we, we try to focus on and we call it playground talk. Um, and it starts and, you know, it goes back for a while, like the root of people just spreading rumors. And when I moved to my house, I was told, you go to Mary Mumford, and after Mary Mumford, you send your kids away. And I, I, I heard that, and then I repeated that to I don't know how many people before mm. he started Stay RVA. Um, and, you know, we're trying to educate people through, through, these, um, through these interactions with the schools and with us. And, you know, my, Kim always says, she says, um, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And so stay RVA. I think we just want to make it really easy to be part of the solution. Whether that's sending your kid there, we think that's a great idea. Or at least just supporting RPS um, in some capacity. And hopefully we can walk you towards the door as you get more and more touch points. On the uh, way in, not the way out. Yes. In. In. <laughs> in. Um, and so it's uh, th- there's a lot of challenges there. And, you know, in terms of you know, what are the challenges in RPS? I think there is, there's a lot of facilities issues. Um, I, you know, RPS is aware of it. They're addressing it. And I think they're making schools, um, making sure that schools are a place that is safe for the kids to go. There's a lot of stuff I think that's a myth, um, you know, that parents feel like if they send their kids there that the kids could potentially be unsafe. Um, I don't know. I grew up, like I said, I grew up in some pretty privileged areas and um, we had all kinds of stuff. We had people who... I mean, my high school is one of the most sought-after high schools in, in the greater Houston area to go to, and we had we had all kinds of problems. We had people reporting bringing in knives and guns and all kinds of stuff. I think um, it's just you want to try to – as a parent, you want to try to protect your kids so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you, can, um, you can get really nervous about things. And so um, – and it's easy to, I think also, if you're not like, if you're not inclined to send your kids to RPS schools and you hear some bad information about it or hear some rumors about it, you're going to latch onto those things as justifications for, for why you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's, that's an even harder challenge. People who are, who are not leaning towards RPS, right, who are inclined to latch on to, um, to rumors that, that hopefully are, aren't true, um, how do we bring those people over? Um, and so... Um, it, it is these things that we do, and I'll talk through some of the other stuff we do. So the the launches that we have in neighborhoods, anyone can contact us. Um, we go into people's neighbor, neighborhoods in their, in their living rooms and um, just have real conversations about what the issues are. What are your concerns? For instance, we did on a one, one on North Side um, where the principal came and she talked about the fact that the, there's no walls, right? They have the open concept school and what it means to her and her in her school, and, you know, just talking about the student body and, you know, the heart of the children in that school and, and really talking in, um, to the concerns of the, the people in the living room, the parents that had elementary school kids who were, I think, the numbers of people who go from their, uh, from their um, elementary school into that middle school are, are really low, and they were shocked. Um, and so one of the parents was like, we just need to send our kids here because if we don't do it, then nobody is. Um, and so um, having this the, the stay launches um, in the neighborhoods is really good about getting this really intimate conversation going. And it's also good for people just to talk amongst each other and for the administrators to hear some of the concerns if they're not hearing them. Um, the 
the stay days again are about showing support. We also um, this year we did state supporters where we did a program for um, for staff where we had we sent out you could sign up um, to support essentially adopt a teacher or a staff member and then three times a year you're supposed to go by and deliver um, their favorite coffee or their favorite snack and then that created an opportunity just to have a personal relationship with someone at the school that's pretty big for us as well. That's huge. Um, and you know it's funny the teachers I think the first. Uh, at Westover Hills, Bryce, one of our board members, um, he set out the cards for the teachers to sign up, and their reaction was, uh, I think, oh, great, what are you having us do now? Because it's hard. They don't often get people just get, say, get like, things, yeah, yeah, sign up for something. We'll give you a bunch of stuff. And so their reaction to that was fantastic. Um, and then we like to do in-school programs. So, um, you know, Kim, my wife, did um, two great programs this year, um, Be the Change Club at Albert Hill Middle School, where she had, I think it was once a month, come in had someone come in to talk about, I don't know, just something like, um, you know, at one time it was about fitness, other time it was about, you know, health and cooking, and just talking to students and getting them, you know, engaged. And then um, they did another club, uh, a leadership club at, uh, at Hill, AJ came, and a few other times some other folks came in to talk just about what's going on and how to be leaders and, you know, different challenges. And it's just a great opportunity for us to be involved and to bring people into the school to try to show support. Awesome. Yeah, I um, I think it's always an interesting position, I think, to be in when we talk about things in Richmond, because so much of the time, you know, we hear there's so many great community involvement things and moments, and they just get overshadowed mm -hmm. by the absolute negative, or they're concentrated in certain areas and not other areas. And, you know, I think one thing that Stay VA definitely has the opportunity to do and that you guys seem to be encouraging is it's not just about like a PTA. It's the parents. Right. And this isn't just about the parents. This is about people who, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, I think we all have an investment in RPS. Um, even down the line, we heard at city council maybe two or three months ago, there was a speaker who was upset that kids <laughs> are the focus of Richmond and that I think there are politicians that are using the phrase that they're our, Richmond's most valuable asset. Yeah. And their frustration was they felt excluded because they're like, I don't have kids in RPS. This doesn't impact me. They're not my most valuable asset. Like, let's look around at the people who are my age and the things that we contribute to right. the city. And I think it loses sight of the fact that th these are the people who are gonna make decisions yeah. when I'm in my elder years. <laughs> Yikes. I want them to be in a good position for this. Yeah. When yeah. when somebody gets upset about property crimes, guess what? Let's go back to RPS and talk about how we can really rally around RPS and get kids to where they have better outcomes and opportunities outcomes mm -hmm. and not just the school to prison pipeline, quite right. frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we talk about community members, I think the idea that you mentioned is, is the play, playground talk, which I, I love the the alteration of like the water fountain talk that I would probably call it as a corporate <laughs> yes. person. Yeah. Um, this is a playground talk is, you know, what are we, how are we talking about RPS as individuals? And when people move into an area, if it's our friends and the impact that has on people. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of those incidents we kind of talked about a little bit earlier here, but it was um, recently the graduation at Thomas Jefferson. Yep. And there was a, a, a gun threat. And I saw a post on Facebook where someone was talking about like, but let's not lose sight of the fact that the valedictorian had a 5.0 and mm -hmm. never missed a day of high school. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's incredible. I mean, if only because of like how many days as an adult I want to miss my 
work (laughs) 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 for someone to go through all of their challenges and you know Mm -hmm. as an adult I can look back and see how much of my life as a kid was not really in my control Um, and that takes a lot of effort for people to be able to get to that place and I think getting to where you know how would I know that necessarily I wouldn't unless I'm involved with the schools right and that's where I see you know stay or VA as a very unique position within this conversation especially yeah, we feel fortunate to be in the place we're at. And, you know, every time we go to schools and um, we're just encouraged. And even in just being in the, you know, every day I, it seems like every week I find out about a new organization who's doing amazing things as well. So it's not just us. It's there's a bunch of other people who are rallying around the schools. Um, you guys, you know, the first one that pops to mind, um, not to pick one of many, um, but if you guys get a chance to go out to Front Porch Cafe, um which is amazing over on the East End. They, um, they're a nonprofit, and they, um, I don't know all of the details, but I'm sure they have stuff on their website. Um, but I do know that they're encouraging, they're, they're kind of looking at that situation where they're, how do we train our youth and not necessarily looking at the, the lower, like the younger end of the spectrum, but the, the folks who can work and providing opportunities. And, um, you know, it's things like that. Um, you know, AJ is amazing, and there's people all over the city that are doing awesome things. And so one of the things that we want to do is try to help not only connect people to ourselves, but to, you know, help sing the praises of other people, whether it's RPS, schools in RPS, teachers in RPS. RPS is really doing a great job of that. I'm not sure if you guys get their newsletters and um, their emails, but they're, they've definitely um, seem like they are yeah, we get. stepping it up. Um, <laughs> so we're, um, you know, we're, one of the things we want to do this coming year, um, in addition, kind of build off the, the distribution that we have, is hopefully introduce some technology that will provide a platform for the city as a whole, um, RPS or anyone else who wants to be involved to um, to get information um, at your fingertips so you understand whether you want to be a volunteer or whether you want to get involved in certain things or if there's a launch party or there's a stay day or RPS is having an awesome event, that um, that information is right at your fingertips so you, you know exactly what's going on in your city because there's just a lot of great stuff going on. That's one thing we've always noticed is there's so much great stuff you can miss all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't imagine how many times I think in a week how many times I'm like triple booked because I'm like, <laughs> but I want to go to three meetings at once. I Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all really cool. It's great information at all of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we have all these challenges of things that come up, especially, you know, the headlines. And that's where I think about like how many times I learned about RPS through the headlines. Mm-hmm. And I actually experienced this with someone yesterday who had been happening to read the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And there was an article about development in Blackwell and, and a developer down in that area um, in the historic district that they're trying to put into like the Blackwell and expanding the Manchester Historic District. And ironically, of course, the, the issue was they couldn't read the whole article <laughs> because of the paywall. Um, but good news, I'd read it. <laughs> but one of the first things they said to me was like, well... Blackwell's not a great place. So the good news is they're doing great things there. So that's awesome. Mm-mm. But, you know, I also think about when's the last time that person went to Blackwell. Yeah, that's not the whole story. You and, only got a piece of it. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of things where we read things perception-wise through the headlines, and that is something that RPS, especially I think Cameras is doing with RPS Direct Newsletter, mm-hmm. is highlighting a lot of those benefits and positives. And yep. his Twitter, he is on it. Yeah. Yeah, their social media team, yes. I don't know who's doing it, Yeah, but they're on point up. about it. They're on it. Um, but, you know, what would you say to parents that are concerned about some of these things that, you know, if, if I was a parent, I mean, I know I would want the best for my cats. Um, <laughs> I want the best food for them as it is. <laughs> but, you know, you do want the best for your kids. And that's where you get into this hard place of like, I think the way the article put it was, do I want my kid to be the experiment? Right. 
you know, what would you say about some of these things that are legitimate concerns to like reassure the parents to move on or, or get over them or, or trust the system kind of? Yeah, it's um, I think it's a lot of trusting yourself as a parent mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot that happens before and after school that, you know, you can make up for if you feel like the school's lacking um, or like, I don't know, we want our kids to play piano. So we're going to get them exposed to music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they're not, we're fortunate. So I think the thing is there's there's kids who don't have the opportunity to be exposed to things outside of the school. Then there's kids like my own who do. Um, and if we continue to, to hive off those resources into fortunate schools that are already doing great or if we are sending those resources to private schools, then the kids who don't have the ability to get exposed to those things just aren't going to get exposed to them mm-hmm. unless we have other programs that we can pull in. Um, but, you know, if you read Thad's post or even in this article, um, it is wrap- the community wrapping their arms around the school and supporting them. And to the extent that we can bring in people with resources, and again, we don't, there's an unfortunate, there's an, it's unfortunate that there is a correlation between resources and race, right? Um, mm-hmm. But that, but it's not always that way. It's not always that way. And so we don't, we want to focus the fact that we want resources, right? Um, and so by bringing your, by someone of resources, and this is their challenge in the article, we have resources. If we send our kid to this school, are we, are we disadvantaging them? Are we taking a step back? And I think if you, th- there's tons of studies out there that show that not only will the test scores of the less privileged kids rise, but that the test scores of the kids that come from privileged homes will also rise. Um, and we're creating great people at the same time who know how to talk to someone who is of different socioeconomic class than themselves, looks different than them, has different experiences, and just being sensitive and real to what they're going to experience out in the world. I think we ha- we're we so much a culture now of, um, I don't know, it just seems like it's a race, right? Parents are involved in this race, and the, the, I'm not sure what the end game is to the race anymore, mm-hmm. um, but it, <laughs> it seems like we're all running, and... Um, I don't know. I, I think if we stop and kind of examine the situation, we can provide our kids with great experiences. And at the same time, we can help uplift um, a school system in a pretty awesome city, Richmond RVA. So. Next thing else I'm just hearing really quick and just to say it out loud is that it sounds like you guys also create a network for parents to feel supported in in the challenges that they might encounter just because it might be not an intentional part of the organization, but a byproduct necessarily of saying, hey, we're in this together. And as you have challenges, we're here to help you with these and help through them as a as a as a team, so to speak, of of people who love the school district. Yeah, you know, that's a tough one for us, actually. we, we want to be seen as obviously a place that, you know, um, you can find support. What, what we, there's a herd mentality, absolutely, right? People start, if your friends go, you feel like you should go. And so part of Stay Every A is- Peer pressure? Yeah. Mm. Is building, yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> building up some of that. But what we don't want it to be, like for us, none of our friends, obviously all our friends in our neighborhood are sending their kid to, to Mary Mumford because that's where they're zoned. Um, and we're sending our kid to the school that she's not zoned to. And um, she's going to be by herself, and that's going to be fantastic. And Thad points that out. That it's gonna, it was fantastic for him. And so um, we want to encourage people that they don't have to wait, right? Um, I think it's part of it. We, if you go alone um, and no one else is following you, um, it's going to be okay. And there's a bunch of research out there that shows it's going to be okay. Um, 
and you know it's it's a it's a bit of a change for us a little bit or at least for me not to say us um for me specifically in how i viewed the organization i kind of thought that it was this hey let's create a herd mentality and get everyone to feel like they should all go together and that's the byproduct of what we do i think but um i think it's focusing on the schools creating um, opportunities like i said it's um making it really easy for people to do the right thing um and to and to be part of uh of rps in general um you know there are there are opportunities for us to talk to folks about, um, you know, what's going on and how to dispel some of those myths um, that are happening. And so we, we invite those um, at every opportunity. So how can somebody who's not currently, you know, in Stay VA get involved with you guys and especially somebody who's maybe not in having kids in RPS at this point? Yeah. So um, we have a great website um, that I'll give a little shout out to Fishwink Marketing, um, built um, stayrva.org. And they... Um, the, the website's great for getting information. You can sign up. The, the best thing to do is to sign up for our newsletters, our, our distribution list, and to go to our Facebook page and um, subscribe there because all the information funnels through um, those, those two avenues um, until we have the more um, robust technology offering that I think that we'll be rolling out here soon. Um, and so what we'll be telling you about in through those mediums is opportunities to to volunteer. Um, we'll share other great things that are happening around RPS. Um, we have a newsletter that talks about the things that we've accomplished. Um, you'll under, you'll know when stay days are happening. You'll learn about launch parties, um, and then just be connected to us in general. We do do some fundraising events. We're, we don't see ourselves as a huge fundraising organization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of grassroots. And um, what we do like to do is have um, have the have resources for stay days, and we in we don't. We would prefer to partner with um, to partner with businesses to help those things um, come about. Like, for instance, Southern Brick did a great thing down at Westover where they brought in some equipment and helped, um, and really just donated their time and and resources to help for a project down there. And there's other organizations that that have been done done great things for us. And so we're trying to use a lot of the connections. Not only is it again, it's not just about parents, and it's not just about um, community members, it's about businesses and, you know, like the Hof Garden, they, they are super supportive of RPS and they do a lot of things around RPS. And so they, you know, every business should be, um, incentivized to make the school system great because the greater the school system, the better the city, the more people who are going to stay around and make this even great. And so those are your future employees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, um, it's connecting through us there and then understanding all this, all the, all the great opportunities that there are to get involved. So I just signed us all up for, by the way, <laughs> for the yes. StayRVA website. There we go. So it's super easy, stayrva.org, and it's pretty easy to get to their take action and do the email sign up, and there's a ton of resources here for everybody and events and everything, and yep. a great group of people. There's a number of people in Richmond I know that are involved with the organization, and, you know, everybody I know that's in the organization, it's kind of cool because it's not just a lot of people who are super pro-RPS. Mm-hmm. It's people that are really just pro RVA and Richmond as a whole and trying to just make everything better within their communities. Um, so it's a really cool opportunity that I think people should try to get involved with um, in any way that they can to just improve our city in yeah. general, especially with the schools. Yeah, it's Stay RVA, we didn't cover this before, supporting together area youth. Um, so it's, again, it's just everyone coming together to provide support for, for the greater Richmond school system. Awesome. So is there anything else you want to add about Stay RVA or some of the issues that you see in Richmond Public Schools or how people can help change things for themselves? I think the pledge, we talk about pledges. I mean, we haven't formally given out a pledge, um, 
but maybe we'll take the opportunity to encourage um, through a pledge. Go visit a school. Um, you're going to learn something, right? You're either going to learn that it's great and you're going to love it, um, or you may learn that it needs some help in certain areas, and hopefully you feel like you can provide some resources there too. But if we're not if we're not walking through the schools and if we're and if we're making judgment judgments about the schools and we're not experiencing them the fir- you know firsthand, then um, again, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Absolutely, and I just I, I love that call, especially you know when I was I was running for school board, I actually visited the three elementary schools in the third district. And if, for anybody that's kind of hesitant or, or afraid of these things, of like I don't know where to start, you know, State RVA is a great place to start. The principals were always like super welcoming, and, and they want people involved. There's organizations, communities, and schools, or right. the local PTAs that can help get you in and show you these opportunities because I think it's so important to walk around. And I, I could confidently say any of the three schools in the third, I would be completely comfortable sending a kid there. And yeah, you don't have to be a parent. That's a great point, Melissa. I yeah. No, you don't. You don't. They, they will take all of the help <laughs> <laughs> and love and support and positive words that they can get for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, especially on Father's Day. Yeah, yes. Thank me. you for thank your you great sacrifice. Much. We needed it. It's been great. That will do it for this week's episode of RVA Church Municipal Mania, recorded and produced in the studios of WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. If you'd like to start a conversation with us or have show suggestions, remember to get at us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RVA Dirt. Thank you again to Stay RVA and Danny Gomez for joining us. Happy Father's Day to all those RPS dads out there. And remember, you don't have to be a parent to support our schools. Until next time, Richmond, stay classy and involved.